Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. We've got special guest that's been here several times before, Usama Dokdok, and he's uh, going to be doing, instead of a prophecy update today, he's going to be speaking on Islam, and uh, I think it's called Islamophobia Factor Fiction. So we got that. We love you, brother. It's good to have you back. And, Thank you. Uh, I'm going to get out of your way, and then you can get started. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, uh, Islamophobia Factor Fiction, it's going to be... Uh, uh, two sessions. This is the first session. Second one, Thursday night at 6 o'clock, I guess, Brother Charlie. I'm wrong. Uh, 5 o'clock. Five, okay, I was wrong. Yeah. 5 o'clock, <laughs> if the Lord is willing. Uh, so whatever we stop today, that's not the end. Uh, to be continued, session two, uh, Thursday at 5 o'clock. Um, I remember a few years ago, I went to uh, speak in a school in Ohio, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, the Muslim complained and they made a big uh, uh, promotion about not allowing me to speak at, uh, the, uh, at the school there because uh, they don't want me to get in a bigger circle. Obviously, we got to use the school not just once, I believe three times in a row after they try everything they can to stop us. So, uh, but in that meeting, a gentleman was talking to uh, the Tea Party lady, Sister Bonnie, I believe her name was, and he said that he would like to have a permission. He said, can we have a permission to record Brother Usama? Because I have a friend, he really, really want to hear him, but he was not here, like Muslim never lie. So obviously uh, she said to him, why don't you ask him yourself? Brother Usama is uh, standing behind you asking. So he came to me, he's Egyptian, Muslim, and I figured out on the spot who he is. He's a member of CARE, the Council on America Islamic Relations. So I said, yeah, it was all means. Would love for you, Muslim friends, to keep record of all our teaching. Hopefully, that someday you will uh, listen to it again, investigate what we're teaching, that you will be set free from your savage cult. And he didn't like that, of course. But he set his camera up there in the front of the school. He, what he did not really know, Brother Charles, I have my own camera as well. So there's two cameras, his camera and mine recording at the same time. And then I said in the middle of my talk, just, it just happened, just I'm pointing to his camera. I was talking about something important. I said, for example, you will see that that gentleman here from CARE, the Council on America Islamic Relations, will do everything he can to use this video to stop me from coming to speak here or somewhere else in, in, in the world in the future. Well, boy, oh boy, I was 100% right. They took my video, they edited the ways they normally edited, cut it off right and left, and they make their uh, claim of me to be Islamophobic. And uh, what helps them even more than that, which is the Southern Poverty Law Center, because at the same time, that was a good uh, 12 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, they also, they also uh, have already put me as a, a hate speaker. Uh, so now you got the SPLC and the CARE coming together in unity. So, and then a few months ago, uh, somebody is talking to me about, Brother Summer, can you talk to us about Islamophobia? I said, sure, we can do a presentation on the topic. And that is what we got here, Islamophobia, fact or fiction. Now, there's two words I would like us to get familiar with uh, concerning uh, phobia. The one is an irrational fear, an irrational fear. We're talking about if I tell you there's a bottle of water in front of the building here as you're coming in and maybe have an inch amount of water, just a small bottle of water, you know. And if you are not careful, if you're like, you can drown in it. So be, I'm telling you, and there is some big, big creatures there that will eat you. And now you get so fearful and you get so scared. You know, oh, 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 I'm afraid. Where is the bottle of water? Please tell me. where. And you start panicking. That is what we call and irrational fear. You're afraid of nothing. Now, there's other fear, which is rational fear. What is a rational fear? If I'm going to tell you there is a lake in front of our building here, and it just happened that lake is a few acres, and it is actually a good 30, 40 feet deep, and it's loaded with gators. Uh, the shortest one is roughly around 25 feet. And we have not fed that gators for a long time. They're really hungry. There is no bird can fly in the air unless they catch it. Okay. So 
That is rational fear. Now, I'm not saying that we as Christians ought to live by fear. Why? Because the scripture taught us throughout the Bible not to fear. Fear not, fear not, fear not. We have to be courageous not to fear, especially those who kill the flesh only and the spirit they cannot. But when it comes to Islam, you have to have some logic, common sense. We're talking about 1,400 years of history, which was, was the same line of how they, are, how they live and how they uh, practice their savage cult. It's more than gators. It is literally a gushing river of blood, as Mark Gabriel summarized the entire history of Islam. So we, we, we have to be logical. If you have seen how much the Muslims have done and how far they're growing in their number every year. Do you know that last Ramadan, which is uh, the, the month of fasting, uh, that is the month where Muslims love to do their dirty work for Allah. In the last one, we have more attacks than all previous Ramadans. Uh, you're talking about people in the hundreds uh, has been killed and in the thousands has been wounded worldwide. 861 killed. 806. So, so, so what's happening here? That in the most holy months where Muslims are really, really yeah. praying and fasting and doing what is good to please Allah and please uh, their Muhammad. So there is fear and we have to be logic. I always say uh, I don't mind people to drive a car with uh, confidence in themselves. They're a good driver. But if you have a 17 years old and he's driving a car and he has no fear, that's not good. <laughs> because trust me, that's where accident happened and that's where careless take place. And how Muslims were able to take over Europe and how Muslims are able today to take over Canada and America because the American people have zero fear. They have no idea what they are facing Within, with this subject of Islam. Now, if you go on the Wikipedia to learn about Islamophobia, you will see there is a statement written there by the Muslims themselves, and they said, Islamophobia is the fear, hatred of, or prejudice against the Islamic religion or Muslims generally. They're lying. That's not what Islamophobia because they're mixing the Muslims and Islam. You cannot, and I always say that, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. When I talk about Islam, I'm talking about the ideology. I'm talking about Allah's teachings. I'm talking about Muhammad's command in the Hadith. I'm talking about Sharia. That is Islam. This have nothing to do with Muslims. So I hate Islam. And every person in planet Earth who love freedom, who love life, must hate Islam. Unless you think it's okay for a man to behead some guy, literally cut his head off like a chicken, to rape his wife and his daughter. If that's okay, then you don't have to hate Islam. Islam is fun. Islam is love. Islam is a savage cult. We must hate Islam. But do we hate Muslim people? No. Muslim people are already victimized by Islam. We cannot hate them to make them victim again. So Islamophobia is a fear, hatred of, or prejudice against the Islamic religion. Yes, so far that's good. Or Muslim generally. No, we don't mix the Muslim people, the victim of Islam, with Islam, the savage cult. Now, if you go to CARE website, and people always ask me, Brother Yusama, what is your website? I say, well, my website is thestraightway.org. Thestraightway.org. But if you want to know more about me, you can go to CARE website. They lo literally loaded their site with stuff about me, and they somehow follow me and keep adding. I don't have time, Brother Charlie, to add any more to my website. So what you see today, most likely, is what you're going to see next year. Uh, by the way, we're, we're dumping a good maybe 200 videos. All my teachings is going to be dumped on our website. So if you watch in the next few weeks, by the, uh, the Lord's willing, every week we're going to be both two, three videos. We're going to be plenty of videos available. But seriously, if you go to Kerwa website and you go to the U.S. Islamophobia Network, uh, you'll see that the straight way of grace ministry is mentioned there. And then you Yusamadakduk is mentioned there. They don't know that it's the same. Me and the straightway are one. That's how smart they are. They got two people are very hateful in America. It's the straightway of Greece ministry. And Yusamadakduk, wait a minute. It's me. It's the same guy. But that's okay. They make me famous twice. So, in their side, they say the following. 
Ministry founder Usama Dagdaw claims American Muslims, quote, will kill your children, end quote. Did I say that? Wow. What's so amazing? I said that before September 11. And somehow the American people have Alzheimer's disease and they couldn't remember that I said it before September 11. And then September 11 happened, okay? And we lost 3,000 Americans. 3,000 were killed by the Muslims, just like I said. But guess what? They still get the, the same problem with not remembering, then they forget. So people will watch it, we hear this on the website of CARE and say, how dare you, some doctor, say Muslims will kill your children? No, they did not kill our children. These two towers fall down by themselves and the airplane blow up into the, uh, somehow it's, it happened by, Muslim did not do it. Or like some wacko liberals in America, Bush did it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Somehow Bush kills 3,000 Americans so he can go to Iraq, so he can go to war with Iraq, so he can steal the oil. And guess how smart Mr. George W. Bush, he went to Iraq and he forgot to bring a gallon of oil. Not a, not a container. He forgot to bring one gallon. The man is so nut. He spent literally $2 trillion to steal the oil of Iraq, and he forgot to fill a tank, uh, a, a container worth of a gallon worth of gas. It's nonsense whatsoever. So uh, the, the problem is what Usama Dakluk said in this presentation is a fact. I stand up with every one of these lines you're about to hear in this presentation today, and if the Lord is willing, as we continue on Thursday, and the problem is how smart the Muslims. You have to understand, as I sh shared with you earlier, this presentation was almost three hours. It's called, it's, it's called the, uh, the Infiltration of Islam in America. And they summarize three hours in literally one page of wording. It's not even taking a sentence out of 10, it's a sentence out of 100. So you, there's no way you can tell me their editing was not for the purpose of making me the ugly, the mad guy. But the reality, my friends, is this. Everything I said is true. And I thank God we got the video to put it back again in context mm -hmm. so you know why I said what I said. If you have no common sense, if you have no logic, and you hear, you hear the things they said, I said, you said, wait a minute. When you saw me, I said, then... T-H-E-N, then. What, what, come, what, what did he say? Because he said then. After that, what, come, what is that to go to after it? You cannot do this to the Bible. You can do it in the Quran, by the way, because verses in the Quran are written out of context. So you can read any verse in the Quran by itself. That is a command. Because, you know, I love it. When I read the Quran, I said, the Quran said blah, blah, blah. And the Muslim, sir, you cannot take the Quran out of context. Excuse me, why? Well, you have to read that verse within the context. I said, you mean if I read the previous 50 verses and the following 16 verses to finish the chapter, will make that verse say something different? Because that verse is a command by itself. Quran 5.51 have nothing to do with Quran 5.50 or Quran 5.52. That verse is a command by itself. You cannot read it in what context? So here was Mr. Uh, what Kerr said about Dakdak. Dakdar called Islam a, quote, wicked cult, end quote, a December 10th, 2012 event in Ohio titled, quote, Infiltration of Islam in America, end quote, which was sponsored by the Mansfield North Central Ohio Tea Party. Dakdar also claimed that American Muslims, quote, will kill your children, end quote, and that, quote, we are in a war with Islam, end quote. That wonderful many quotes here. I love the first one. Wicked cult. Did I just go to the meeting and I meet with the people? And by the way, the school was packed. I mean, that was one of the biggest meetings I have in, in Ohio. Why? Because they, the Muslim, made it famous. They make, I mean, literally, they did everything they can to stop the meeting. And we end using the school and the place was packed. The media was there, TVs, radios, people. I don't even, I never thought I'm going to have that crowd. But I said Islam is a wicked cult. Do I stand up with that statement? Yes. But I did not brought all these people to say, hey, by the way, good morning. Islam is a wicked cult. Let's move on to the next quote. Next quote here. Uh, uh, and uh, the, uh, what's the next one here? We are in war with Islam. Or the Muslim will kill your children. And thank you so much. God bless you. You have a good day. No. There was a lots of sentences before and after this quotation. So what Kair did is taking... 
And I'm, are you going to hear me saying this again? Taking the words of Allah out, the interpretation of the words of Allah by Muslim scars out, the saying of Muhammad in the hadith out, the, uh, the, 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 uh, all the uh, attacks which took place in the world out, they take all this out. And they make me saying the things which Muslims have done or Muslims believe. So if Allah said, Yusama Daktok said, and believe me, if you hear it from Yusama Daktok, it's so hateful. But if you hear it from the source where Yusama Daktok is bringing it to you, which is Allah's word, Muhammad's word, the sunnah of Muhammad, how Muhammad lived, how Muslim lived in Muhammad days, how Muslim lived the last 1400 years, you find out that this has nothing to do with Yusama Daktok. Yusama Daktok is just a messenger to give the bad report about that savage cult, the cult of Islam. So, during his presentation, Daktok also made hate-filled claims such as... Hate-filled claims. I love it. Because that's the truth. They're not lying here. But the problem, it is not, once again, Yusama Daktok. It is Islam. Just a few weeks ago, after, uh, what, two weeks ago, I got an, a letter from an inmate in prison, in one of the prison in uh, the state of Wisconsin. And because two of his friends who ordered, not ordered, they cannot buy Quran. We, get, we send Quran to prisons all over the country for free. And the chaplain of that prison refused to give them their Qurans. Well, that gentleman who wrote to me, he have his Quran. The other two guys, wait, wait, wait to go through the paperwork and the red tape, all this, to allow them to have their books, which they have the right, 100% to get. So he wrote to me, Brother Yusama, we have a problem. The chaplain did not allow so-and-so and so-and-so to get their Qurans. And we asked why. And the answer, because the chaplain looked at these books and found it filled with hate. Excuse me, the Quran is filled with hate? Yes, indeed. It's a hateful book. But the problem is that Christian chaplain will allow the Muslim to have Yusuf Ali translation of the Quran. He will allow him to have uh, all other Muslim translations. There are 30 of them, but he will not allow the Christian inmate to have my translation of the Quran. So that gentleman went. He's about to leave prison. He served his time. He's about to leave. And he said, sir, have you ever read the Arabic Quran? And the answer was no. He never knew Arabic. He's an American chaplain. I said, Brother Dakdok translation is accurate, 100%. The Quran is a hateful book. And if you allow the propagandists to give their propaganda sugar-coated, watered-down Quran to the prison and not Mr. Dagdok translation, you're not doing America a favor nor this inmate a favor. You're helping them to become Muslim. And he is a Christian chaplain. So, yes, it is hate-filled. But the problem is not claims, but we need to change the word claims to facts. Mr. Dagdok's speech was filled with hate facts which come directly from the sources of Islam. Listen to some of the things which they said, I said, and I truly, I said it one by one. The day will come and Muslims in America will have the upper hand and they will kill your children for not eating the lawful foods. Do you think this sentence just popped out of my lips without even anything before or after? The day will come and the Muslim will kill your children for not eating a food. But where does the word the upper hand come from? That's a good question. Maybe it comes from the Quran, Allah's word. As Allah said to them, when you have the upper hand, you know what? Here we go. Let's go to the verse of the Quran. Quran 47, 35. And Allah said, So do not be weak and do not call for peace when you have the upper hand. Why the Muslim took that verse out? Why care? Remove that verse from my speech. And they said, Mr. Daktuk said, when the day will come and Muslim have the upper hand, they will kill your children for not eating the lawful food. We're going to get to the lawful food in a minute. Where does the upper hand come from? I did not know I am that smart. I can come up with these wonderful words. The upper hand. Oh, I could write a book about the upper hand and be even more famous. But the truth is, 
Allah's word. And if you read the interpretation of that verse by all Muslim scholars, when I say all Muslim scholars, once again, I'm talking about Al-Tabari, I'm talking about Al-Qurtubi, I'm talking about Al-Jalalain, I'm talking about Ibn Kathir, all Muslim scholars in agreement. You know, if there is a verse I will ever quote for you in any of my teachings, and there are two or three or four different opinions, trust me, I'll be telling you, so-and-so said this or that, or somebody says this and those, so I'll give you the, the different opinion. But these verses where we're talking about the savage cult of Islam, all scholars are in agreement. Because in reality, in the many topics of Islam, Muslim scholars disagree. As a matter of fact, if you read the interpretation of most Muslim scholars to many of the verses of the Quran, which Muhammad did not know what he's talking about, he's just copying bits and pieces from the Bible or other things, they will tell you, well, or scholars disagree or the interpreter disagree. And they give you one, four, um, four, five, six opinions, different opinions, different numbers. Some of them actually go 16 different opinions. Like if we talk about the Holy Spirit, when Allah in the Quran spoke about the Holy Spirit, they actually have 17 meanings for what is the Holy Spirit. And guess which one they forgot? The Spirit of God. The third part of our trinity. So the Holy Spirit is the word of Allah, the Quran. The Holy Spirit is the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit is this creature or that creature. Angel Gabriel. No. That's where he gets his name. And they always ended with the statement, Wallahu alam. And Allah knows best. They don't know. Allah knows best. But Muslim scholars are in agreement about that verse. As you read, Ibn Kasir, for example, telling us, do not stop fighting the infidels do not have seas of fighting muhadana in arabic language which is you know temporary peace like we have temporary peace between the palestinian and the jew you know why they have temporary peace because they're waiting for the next shipment what shipment of the rocket what are they going to do they're going to launch it for the hope to kill a child or a man or a woman in israel that's why they have temporary peace so you can have temporary peace for a whole month why? Because when the shipment comes, we're going to use it, okay? So Allah's interpretation uh, for uh, the, the, the interpretation of the word of Allah by Muslim scholars is that don't you dare stop fighting when you have the upper hand. And what is upper hand to all Muslim scholars that have more people and large number of weapons? People plus weapon, you have them, you st don't stop. But in the same interpretation, they said, but if the leader, the Khalifa, like in the case of Muhammad himself, found it is good for the Muslims to have cease of fighting, temporary, we're talking about temporary, uh, as Muhammad did with the infidels of Christ, and he have an agreement with them, or a covenant with them, that he will not go in war with them for 10 years, and he accepted. Well, guess what happened in the third year after he signed a contract with them, we're not going to fight for the next 10 years. Oh, Muhammad left Mecca and Medina, went back to Mecca because he got enough weapon and he got enough people and he gave us Quran chapter 9. Innocent. Allah and his messenger are innocent concerning those whom they have covenant with. Muhammad and Allah broke the covenant which he's supposed to hold for 10 years but in the third year. And that's when he invaded the city of Mecca and killed all the Jew and all the Christians and Islam had its own second holy city after the city of Medina. So the upper hand is not my inv invention. It's actually the word of Allah and the interpretation. It is true. Muslims will kill your children for not eating what is lawful. Where did I talk about food? In the same presentation, Muslim deceivers, Karen and others, took Quran 9.29 out of my, my seminar and the interpretation of it, and they just come up with me telling you, American Muslims will kill you for not eating what is lawful. And here is the word of Allah. Engage in war with those who do not believe in Allah and in the last day. And do not forbid what Allah and his messenger forbid. And do not believe in the religion of the truth among those who have been given the book until they pay the tribute out of hand and they are subdued. Quran 929, you have to understand, is the last chapter Muhammad claimed to receive from Allah. So here is his final word. Allah said to the believers, to the Muslim believers, those who believe in Allah, those who believe in his messenger Muhammad, to engage in war. As you have heard me before, that is not a new command in the Quran. When we get to chapter 9, we're, we're back, we're, uh, you know, closing up the book here. 
but that statement is actually repeated in the Quran 79 times. I could not find a verse where Allah tells a Muslim, love one another or live in peace with the Jews and the Christians. But I found 79 command where the repeated word of Allah to engage in war with who? With the Christian and the Jews, the people of the book. Which one? The one who attack you as Muslims say, it's always defensive war. No, it's offensive war, no defensive war. You could not find any of these 79 verses where Allah said, engage in war with the Jews or the Christian or those or that. If they attack you, no. Who, which one here? Those who do not believe in Allah and in the last day. I, I don't believe in Allah. As a matter of fact, I believe Allah is Satan. Watch my video online. Allah is Satan, Jesus God. It's a wonderful debate. You'll enjoy it. And in that debate, actually, uh, three Muslim imams were debating me in Gulfport, uh, Mississippi, in some Baptist church there. And praise God, the leader of these three Muslim actually uh, now is a Christian, Brother David. Okay? He changed his name back again from Dawood to David, so he's now Christian. Now, he said, and what? And do not forbid what Allah and his messenger forbid. What did Allah and Muhammad forbid? Allah and Muhammad forbid the eating of pork, the sausage and the bacon. You know, you wake up in the morning, eggs and bacon, eggs and sausage. That's my favorite uh, breakfast. Now, that's forbidden. So if you do not believe in Allah, if you do not believe in his messenger Muhammad, if you like to eat pork, with all this meat come out of the pork, Muslims are commanded, not if they feel like, not if they wish. No, they're commanded. That's an order from Allah to engage in war with you. What do people do when they engage in war with others? They hug them, they kiss them, have coffee with them, and maybe spend the night together, play games and have fun. No, they kill them. So when I said the Muslim... When the Muslim people have the upper hand in America, they will kill your children for not eating what is lawful. I was not making this up. As a matter of fact, when I talked about that, you see what's amazing? They picked up the upper hand and the killing of the children, which in the seminar, a good 45 minutes between them. I'm not kidding you. You watch my video. I'm talking about the upper hand. And then I move all the way in the close end when I was talking about uh, halal food in America. And that's when I quote 929. But somehow the editors are very smart. They mix up the words up, having the upper hand with the killing of not eating lawful as if it is one sentence. And between them on the video, there are 45 minutes worth of talk. That's how smart these editors are. So, if you do not eat what is forbidden, the Muslim has the right to engage in war with you. What else more important than that? which is forbidden in Islam. It is forbidden in Islam for people to be a Christian. Wait a minute. Brother Yusama, Muslims in Southern America, Jews and Christian and, 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 and Muslims, like, like three branches coming out of this Abrahamic tree and we love each other and we enjoy each other and everything is great. And wow, look at this. America, freedom. You can have three religions. We actually can have one building. We make it a mosque on Friday, a synagogue on Saturday, and a church on Sunday. Wow. Can't you see it? Three branches. The sin of shirk, it is the only sin, is not for, for, uh, forgiven in Islam. What is the sin of shirk? The sin of shirk is to believe that Jesus is God. The sin of shirk is to believe the Holy Spirit is God. The sin of shirk is to believe in Trinity. We're going to see this a little bit later in our study. If not tonight, of course, it's going to be on Thursday. That is the sin which is unforgiven. That's why Imam Yasser Qadi said, Allah ordered Muhammad to perform jihad to get rid of the filth of Christianity to make Jesus a God is a worse sin and it is forbidden that's why my dear friends last year few churches all over Nigeria were burned to the ground and they only burn them on Sunday when there is people inside it worshiping Jesus Christ and Fox News will not tell you that Boko Haram are burning Christians inside the churches. Or Al-Shabaab 
from Somalia are doing the same thing in the country of Somalia. Why? Because we're bringing these Muslims to America as refugees. So if I'm going to tell you, I'm going to bring you some Muslim from Somalia, I'm going to bring you some Muslim from Nigeria as refugees. And by the way, these are the people who are burning the Christians in their churches because they worship Jesus Christ, which is an act Allah forbid in the Quran. Now you're going to get upset. We don't want to have these Muslims here. No, we're not going to talk about what they're doing there because we're not going to tell you they are just the three Abrahamic religions, the good Muslims and the good Jews and the good Christians who are going to be worshiping together in some building in a city near you, which we call the Chrislam or Jukrislam. Let's move on. What else Mr. Dakdok said in this presentation? What happened to the women and the children? They were raped. By whom? By Muhammad and his followers. And they got pregnant. And they had babies. And the babies were born by the names of Fatma, Khadija, Obama, Hussein, Barak, and all these wonderful Muslim names. Did I say that? Yeah. I was just so excited about Mr. Obama to be our president. And I just put his name I don't even know why I put his name in the wrong order. But these are Muslim names anyway. What happened to the women and the children? Logic, once again, what happened to the women and children? Uh, was I telling a story about some women and some children? Or this is just the beginning of my sentence? That is the problem of editing. You cannot cut off people talk in the middle of their seminars and see that's what Mr. Dr. said. Yes, these words came like that. But where is the story about what women? Can anybody tell me what women I'm talking about? What children? Can anybody tell me the name of the women which Muhammad raped? How about the other people? What happened to, what happened to the men? I mean... It is one sentence out of a good 10 minutes of talk, and you have no clue what I'm talking about. And that is the work of the deception of Muslims in America. What verse I was using in the Quran? Oh, I was using Quran chapter 33, verses 26 and 27, which Muslims also cut off my speech. And then the interpretation was completely taken out of order. And me, Yusama, telling you about some women got raped by Muhammad. You don't even know what's her name. Or what children, we do not know. But once again, to put the record in the right order, here is what I said in that seminar. And he brought down the people of the book who backed them from their strong places and cast the terror into their hearts. A group of them you are killing, and a group of them you are taking captive. And he made you to inherit their land and their homes and their money and a land which you had never set foot on. And Allah was mighty over all things. We're talking about Bani Qurayza. That's a village where Muhammad and his early thugs sieged for 25 nights. People could not go out or people could not go in. And they are running out of water and they run out of food and they are in starvation. In Muhammad days, there was no refrigerator or people stack food in their, uh, in their homes. Jewish community. To make the long story short, in the last day, when Muhammad decided to go ahead and harvest that village, he got a man by the name Sa'ad ibn Mu'az who hated the Jews so much because he was wounded in other battle when the Jews wounded him and Muhammad healed his wound by burning his, the place for the spear where he was, or the arrow which he was hit with. And Sa'ad ibn Mu'az said, he is the judgment of Allah. What? You know, he is my judgment. Muhammad said, what do you want to do to these people? He said, all the men who have a massage and older, grown-up boys, must be beheaded. As for the women and the children, is to be given as a spoil of war to all these wonderful Muslim believers who worked so hard the last 25 nights to siege that village. That's exactly what Sa'ad ibn Mu'az said. And Muhammad said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're being harsh here. You're being mean to these people because they wounded you. After all, you're still alive. I, I saved you. No, no, Muhammad said, you have judged by the judgment of Allah from the seven heavens. That's exactly what Allah told me to do. And they beheaded on that afternoon between 700 to 900 Jewish men. 
boys and older. I love it how Muslim in America say, in Islam, we don't kill an old man. No, you killed every man. Those who are in the 70s and 80s and 90s, if somebody is 120 on that day, he was beheaded. By who? By Muhammad and his thugs. So, what happened to the women and the children? And that's where my sentence started. He said, a group of them, first of all, Allah, he, Allah, brought down the people of the books, these are the Bani Quraiza, and he cast terror into their hearts. So we learn from that verse, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that Allah is a terrorist. Allah, the God of Muhammad, is not the God of the Bible, for my God is a loving, but the God of Muhammad is a terrorist. He cast terror into the heart of these Jewish people. A group of them you're killing, these are the men. Seven to nine hundred. Muslim scholars disagree. Here is a disagreement. How many? Some say seven hundred, some seven seven fifty, some seven eight, eight fifty, eight forty-five, nine hundred. Okay, nine hundred. Between seven to nine hundred. And a group you are taking captive. Ask any Muslim scholar if you choose. Which one? The Muslim took as captives. These are all the women and all the children. Huh. So let's talk about Muhammad the rapist. Yes, Muhammad took a young lady by the name Safiya, the daughter of Huyayi. As a matter of fact, she was taken first by another Muslim guy, and she was the daughter of the tribe leader. Beautiful young lady, and just the Muslims jealous from each other. No, everyone want to take that woman. Everyone want to take that woman because she's beautiful, she's young, she's the daughter of the tribe leader, and that guy got it because he was smart. He went to Muhammad and said, Abbas of Allah, yeah. There's uh, one of the ladies here, one of, uh, you know, lady, I'd like to have her for myself. Okay, will you give me the permission? I'd like to rape her, uh, Prophet Muhammad. Sure, sure, you can have her. After he took her, all the other men get jealous. They went to Muhammad. Oh, Apostle of Allah. Nobody ought to take that but you. That woman is the daughter of the tribe leader. She's beautiful. She's attractive. You, you only can. Oh, oh you sure? Oh, okay. Bring it back to me. Hey. Have you raped her yet? No, 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 no. Okay. You didn't kiss her. No, 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 no. I didn't kiss her. Okay. Bring it to me. I'll keep her for myself. Safiya, the daughter of Hayyay. On that night, Muhammad was raping her in his tent. And it's just some guy like pornography in Muhammad days, but he did not have cameras or videos or these sex movies, but he was watching it live. So he literally peeked through the tent and he was watching that woman screaming and Muhammad's raping her. So Muhammad noticed that the tent is moving. So Muhammad quick come out and he see Abu Ayyub. That's his name. The father of Ayyub watching what Muhammad was doing to that young lady. He said, what are you doing? What is it? Oh, Apostle of Allah. I feared for your life. Allah is my witness. I feared for your life. That woman is a devil. We killed Listen, listen, we killed her husband, we killed her father, and we killed her brother. And Muhammad knew that. And I was afraid that she may hurt you tonight. That's why I was watching to protect you, Apostle of Allah. And Muhammad in the morning praised Abu Ayyub. What a great man he is. He watched me all night. He didn't watch me making love with her or having sex or raping her, but he was protecting me all night. So what do we learn from the story, ladies and gentlemen? Muhammad raped a young lady in the same night where her father, her husband, and her brother were killed. Breaking Sharia Islamic law, which states that if a man will have sex with a new wife, she was divorced or her husband died, he must wait three months in case she is pregnant by her previous husband so the child will be given the right position of to be the son of the previous husband muhammad break his own sharia his own law by having a, a, a sexual relationship with a young lady her husband were killed in the same day so when i say muhammad raped her and all the muslim men raped the women on the city including little children that is islam not invention i'm not a hate speaker but i'm i'm reporting to you what took place in Bani Quraiza. Not only is he took these <laughs> captive uh, uh, for themselves, but they inherit. You know what the word inherit is? It's a legal word. You inherit your daddy when your daddy passed away. 
inherit your ancestor when they passed away. No, they killed the men and they inherit. That's not inherit. That's stealing. If there's inheritance, it should be given to the children, not to the invaders. But that's how the language of the Quran. They inherit their homes, their land, their homes, and their money. And Allah said a wonderful, very important statement. And a land which you, you have never, you had never set foot on. And I bought their USA because that's exactly why Muslims are here in America. They're here to inherit your land. You know how they're going to inherit your land? They're not going to buy it. They're going to kill you to take your land. Trust me. That is the Muslim agenda. Day one. How do I know that? Hmm, maybe you need to attend my presentation, Sharia, reveal the truth about Sharia, where I show you the strategic goal of Muslims in America. That's exactly what they're planning to do. That's why they're here. They roll by their own hand. Who care? Who's care? The Council on America Islamic Relations. These are the people who are accusing me of hate, of hate or Islamophobic. Their own handwriting and that strategic goal is to take over America, to inherit America by killing the American people, literally sabotaging their miserable house, destroying their civilization and replace it with Islamic civilization. I'm not making this up. Ask your FBI, ask your CIA who knows about that since 1993. Ladies and gentlemen, that's eight years before September 11 and they have done nothing to stop the building of one mosque in America. And that is... Where the Muslims said they will launch their attack to destroy America from the mosque as it was in Muhammad days in the early days as we've seen here. By the way, that's exactly what happened before this battle. Muhammad prayed with his Muslim believers and they went and invade the city. 25 days later, he had another prayer with his Muslim believers and then they behead these Jewish men and they took over everything they got. With Allah, they will die and for sure they will spend eternity in hell with Muhammad and with all previous Muslims and Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic and everyone who think by going to some church will make it to heaven. I love it how Muslim will use this to say you saw my doctor. actually that's what they said they didn't put it here but that's what they said you saw my doctor, hate Catholic you saw my doctor, hate Baptist you saw my doctor, hate himself Seriously, if you, if you never met with me, if you never talk with me, and you watch what the Muslims are saying on the internet, especially here on this side, you think I'm a man, crazy wild guy. My hair is falling off and, and you know, rolling from my mouth, drunk 24-7, and chewing tobacco, and uh, uh, chewing uh, heroin, and you don't chew heroin, smoking heroin, and, and do all this with, because I'm, I, I'm a hate monger. Once again, there's few sentences between the sentences. There's few before, few in the middle, few in the end, and all that was taken out so that they can paint me with this wonderful, uh, savage picture. I talk about Muslims who will die for the sake of Allah. They will die with Allah, to spend eternity with Allah. And I explained that Allah is Satan. And they will spend eternity in hell because that is the place which God prepared for all those who are believers and practicing of the teaching of Islam. When I talked about the Baptist and Presbyterian and Catholic, I was talking about it's not because you go to some Baptist church, you're a Christian. It's not because you go to some Catholic church, you're a Christian. You can live in a garage, but that will not make you a car. <laughs> And I, I was very clear, unless you are born again, meaning you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and he rose from the dead on the third day to pay for the penalty of your sin. I said also, if you are perfect, meaning you have no sin, you never tell a lie, you never, you never, not, no sin whatsoever, you don't need Jesus. I remember saying that because we have the video to prove it. If I said, if you are perfect, you can go to heaven on your own. Because the only thing separates you from eternity in heaven is your sin. You have no sin, no worry. I'll see you in heaven. But I said, if you have one sin in your life, I don't care how many churches you go to or how many years you live inside the church. If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, the Savior, the one who died and rose again, you will spend eternity in the same hell with Muslims. Because I've seen in my t topic speaking in tea parties and Act for America groups that, and many of the conservative groups, they're wonderful people. They're good, wonderful people, but they're not Christian. Oh. 
And they think because they're conservative, Rosa Charlie, they're going to make it to heaven. I mean, they love the flags. They will die for America. I'm not kidding you. Some of these people in the Tea Party and Act for American conservative groups all over this country will die for America. They will die for your children, not their own. Maybe they don't have children on their own, but they, are, they love this country so much that they're willing to die for others to save the freedom and the liberty we have in America. But if they die to defend this country and they do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they still will spend eternity in hell. Even our soldiers, we have this feeling in America. American soldiers who die for our freedom, they automatically make it to heaven. No, they don't. I don't care what good cause you're going to die for. If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ and you have one sin in your life, you spend eternity in hell, even if you die for somebody else. So the reason I said what I said here is to make sure that Muslims who die without Jesus Christ will go to hell and all the other church people the good church people who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when they die, they'll also go to the same hell. There's no hell number two. It's hell one number one. It's the only one available. And it's big enough to take every soul who will not trust in Jesus Christ. Now, here's another very powerful statement I said. Killing us is a small matter for Muslims. Once again, that sentence did not come out of my lips by itself. As a matter of fact, I just quoted that word from a big quotation by the great Muslim scholar Al-Tibari. And what is, what is so amazing about this, Brother Charlie, when I, if you go watch the video on, you, uh, on uh, Care website, you're going to see my big screen, same as like this, on my right side, like here. And I'm standing, and you can read all these slides from behind me. And they say, Mr. Dagdog said, killing you is a small matter to the Muslims. Excuse me. I said, stop, stop the video for a second here. Can you read the statement behind me? You, you can do it. You, when you go there, both stop, you know, both the hand, hit stop, pause it, and read the statement. It will be said by the great Muslim scholar Al-Tabari, not you, Samadak, Doc. Al-Tabari said so. Al-Tabari said what? Arabs are the most noble people in lineage, the most prominent and the best in deeds. We were the first to respond to the call of the Prophet. We are Allah's helpers and the viziers of his messenger. We engage in war with people until they believe in Allah. He who believes in Allah and his messenger has protected his life and possessions from us. As for one who disbelieves, we will engage in war with him forever in the cause of Allah. Killing him is a small matter to us. How dare these care members to take the words of the great Muslim scholar Al-Tabari and give it to Usama. Because that's how Muslims lived the last 1400 years. And that's how they will take over America by the same sentence. Is it defensive war? I don't see any defensive here. They said, actually, we engage in war with people until they believe in Allah, not until they stop fighting us. The whole purpose of war in Islam is to force people to become Muslim. The whole purpose of jihad in Islam is to force people to convert to Islam. End the story. These are the words of Muhammad himself. I have been commanded by Allah to engage in war with people. That is Sahih Muslim, Sahih Bukhari. Riyadh al-Salihin and all, all many sources. I have been commanded to engage in war with people until they testify to the fact that there is no God except Allah and I am his messenger. It's not Usama Dagdak words, that's Muhammad, the self-proclaimed prophet of Islam words. Who he believes in Allah and his messenger, that's Muhammad singular, has protected his life and possessions from us. You see, not only we're going to kill you, we're going to take everything, your possessions. And in Islam, your wife is your possession, your children is your possession, your home is your possession, your camel and your horses, your, everything belongs to you, it will be given to the Muslims. They will take it. That's exactly what Muhammad did. It's the sunnah of Islam. Now, what about the one who will not uh, say the shahada? What about the one who will uh, continue to be a Christian? He said, as for one who disbelieves, we will engage in war with him for the next 10 years. No, 
forever. So that's coming to a city near you in America. And then he said the great, uh, the, the great Muslim scholar Al-Tabari, of course, engaging war forever in the cause of Allah, killing him. He did not kill her because we don't kill women. We don't kill children. We love to rape them. Killing him is a small matter to us. As a matter of fact, as I have always said it, Muslims killing themselves to kill you is a small matter to them. They love death more than we love life. They're willing to do anything they can to destroy the world, to bring chaos to planet Earth. Killing him is a small matter to us. It's not Yusama's Daktok's words. As a matter of fact, these are, once again, the great Muslim scholar Al-Tabari word. But that's how what happened when people take me out of context. How about the next statement? We are not in war with bin Laden. We are in war with Islam. Did I say that? Yeah. Was I right? 100%. Bin Laden is dead. And we're still in war. And that war will never be won by bullet. As a matter of fact, Muslims should appreciate me for telling the truth. That our war with Muslims, it's a spiritual warfare. It should not be with people who believe in Islam. It should be concentrated to go in war against Islam itself. If we can remove Islam from the face of the earth, the Muslim people will be set free. Even if they do not become a Christian, they will live in this world, 50, 60, 100 years, free people. And when they die without Jesus, they will go to hell. But they will enjoy life on earth. It's a spiritual warfare will never be won with bombs or airplane or tanks or any of these weapons we use today. We are not in war with bin Laden. I said that, ladies and gentlemen, when bin Laden was alive and striving, Al-Qaeda was in so power uh, throughout uh, uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan, and they actually had people growing everywhere else. And people thought, I'm crazy. Because they think, if we kill bin Laden, we'll have peace in the world. No, we killed Bin Laden and we killed the leaders after him. And guess what? We have a bigger problem today. As a matter of fact, if you think about how many Muslims in the world are we are we in war with? And I know the liberal would like to say, not all Muslims are radicals. Good. Give me numbers. I like numbers. Uh, some people say 20% of the Muslims are bad dudes. 20%. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we today have 1.7 billion, according to the last numbers coming from the Muslim. If you have heard me speaking uh, four years ago, I used to say 1.6. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, 10 years ago, I used to say 1.5. Uh, when I started this ministry, it was 1.3. So literally, in 18 years, we moved from 1.3 to 1.7. We had 400, I'm sorry, 400 million just in the last 18 years. And their number will continue to grow like that soon. It will be 2 billion. 1.7. Let's make it 1.5 for the sake of numbers. 20% uh, of 1.5. That's 300 million. 300 million. Let's say the media are wrong and I'm wrong. There are only 10% bad Muslims. That is 150 million. Let's say we're all crazy and we're all drunk this morning and we do not have logic of numbers. Just 1% of the Muslims are radicals. Allah calls them believers. Muhammad calls them believers. They call themselves believers. But because we're drunk in America, we're going to call them radicals. 1%. That's 15 million. Do you think the United States of America Army have the weapon and the intelligence and the strength to kill 15 million in the middle of this earth? We're going to pick up 15 million, Brother Charlie. That guy, that lady, that guy, and we're going to kill them all one day. Because believe me, even if we were able to kill 15 million Muslim radical, the bad guys, well, guess what? The retaliation in Islam is for their children and their relatives to kill us back. Which means we're going to go in war not with 150 million. We're going to go war in with... Uh, all their family, the number will grow. Killing bin Laden did not end the war with Islam. As a matter of fact, that empowered ISIS to come to this picture. If bin Laden is alive today, we will never heard of Daesh or what we call in English ISIS. But because we got involved and we killed bin Laden, now ISIS came to power. And because we dismantled ISIS, we did not kill. Let me say it again, because people sometimes misunderstand. Mr. Trump ended ISIS by dismantling them. He did not kill all of them. Where is the dead bodies? 
Like Mr. Bush, we won the war in Iraq. Did we really win the war in Iraq? No. As I said there, I say again today, they went to Walmart and they bought shave cream and blades. They shaved their beard. Now they're normal, moderate Muslims. Why? Because they no longer have the beard. What happened when you don't shave your beard for a few weeks? It grow back again. So the members of Al-Qaeda became the members of ISIS. Soon they will be the same members in a larger scale of the next jihadi organization, which we'll hear the name sometime in the next few weeks. There will be a new name coming up. This is a spiritual warfare. As long as people believe in Allah, as long as people believe in Muhammad, as long as people believe in Islam, they're Muslims, they're submitters, they will always be jihad and there will always be war. Unless you can make brand new Quran and remove the 300 plus verses out of it and take every Quran exist of the planet Earth and burn all of them. Burn all of them. And not that. Take the memories out of this people's mind of the existing of war and jihad because they still have it in their head. So in simple word, good luck to end the war with Islam until Christ comes back. As a matter of fact, if you go to the book of Revelation and see there's a good, good question. How long? See, Muslims say we're going to engage in war with us forever. And the believers were asking Christ, how long, Lord? When are you going to revenge? When are you going to end this abuse of the body of Christ, your, your, your church? And Jesus said, until the last one will be what? Beheaded. Who beheading Muslims? The Japanese? No anymore. The European? No anymore. American behead? No. Chinese don't have who's beheading Muslims? Where are they? They're all over the world. Are they shrinking number? No, they're growing in number. So our war is a spiritual war and will be one only when we expose the savage cult of Islam. One more statement here. Then you have a revival in America among the Muslims. And that's when they start beheading your children and your grandchildren. Hmm. Then, there is no way a logical, logically or any person with common sense will start a subject by statement then. There must be something I said before then. Once again, everything is a great tool to destroy anybody in this country. Then you'll have revival. I'm talking about the movement of the uh, moderate Muslims in America. The uh, reformers of Muslims. You cannot reform Islam. You cannot change what Muhammad did 1400 years ago. You cannot change his commands in the Hadith. You cannot change one sentence in the Quran. Trust me. I know this for a fact. If somebody right now will reprint the Quran by taking one word, that person will be burned by the Muslims. They will kill him for taking one word out of the Quran. Because no person in this world have the power or the, or, the, or the right to change the word of Allah. Not by taking a whole sentence out, by taking one word out. You take one word out, Muslims will kill you. So what do we have? We have this brand new propaganda growing in America. The moderate Muslims, the Muslim reformers, the loving peaceful Imam so-and-so, the loving peaceful Imam so-and-so. And now you, you don't have even to go to some public place. You can go to the liberal churches all over this country and see the Chrislam movement. I'm not kidding you when I say a Jewish, a, a mosque on Friday, a Jewish synagogue on Saturday, and a church on Sunday, same building. And in like Ramadan, last a few weeks when Ramadan is over, the Jews and the Christians and the Muslims celebrate together Ramadan and eat uh, iftar. They, eat, they break in the fast with the Muslims and all oh, having the most joy joyful, happy fellowship. You cannot find this fellowship in many of our Christian churches in America today. I can take you to some Baptist churches and I can talk about Baptists because I'm one. Okay? I can take to some Baptist churches. And on Sunday, people sitting in the pew next to each other, they hate each other. They don't like each other. They cannot wait for the next break so they can split and throw these people out of the church. Baptist. But the Christian and the Jewish and the Muslims are worshiping together in one building. They share the expense. They share meals. They love each other. Why? Because it is the deceptive hour then when muslim people have the upper hand then when the muslim have enough weapon and enough people to take over this country then the muslim will have revival in america that's what i said 
And what the revival is about is going back to the scripture. You know how Martin Luther did it 500 years ago? He said, solo scripto, scripture alone. And how did he figure out what is wrong with the church? He matched what is written in the word of God to what the church is doing. You see, it does not work. The Catholic priest said, do this and this and that. But the Bible said, do this and this and that. There are two different stories. So he said, if it's in the Bible, we're going to practice it. We're going to believe it. We're going we're gonna to live by it. If it's not, then we'll have to reject it. And he rejected 95 laws, I believe. 95. That, by the way, he missed some. Calvin King later gets some. And somebody, he missed some. And today we have the scripture. Praise God, we can read it in English. And we can understand what exactly God said. And if you have any doubt about any of the words of God in English, you can always go back to the Greek and the Hebrew. And what a great way. You don't even need to type. I used to say years ago, you can type with one finger on the computer. Uh, and, and, and then it, you found out what's the real meaning of the word. Now you just say it. What is the word blah, blah, blah? Siri, hey Siri, what is the word? Is this in Greek exactly? Oh, thank you, Siri, so much. Now I found Pastor Charlie was wrong. See what I'm saying? You don't even have to type anymore. Just talk to your phone and it'll tell you what the Hebrew and what the Greek said. So revival is to reform. Reform is to go back to the original. What is the original? The Quran. And once again, as long as there is Quran available, 30 years from now, maybe 40 is the most, Muslims will have a great revival in America. That is when the Martin Luther for the Muslims will rise up and rise up. And he will tell the Muslims all over the world, not just in America, what did Allah say? Allah said, kill them. What did Muhammad say? Muhammad said, kill them. How Muhammad understood these verses of the Quran and his own saying, he did engage in war. And that's how Muhammad killed the Jews and the Christians in his days. And I don't think they'll be very smart or very wise of us in America to wait until that day comes. Because then it will be too late yeah. to turn it around. So this is what's going to happen in America. They will be beheading our children, our grandchildren. And people say, Yusama, the word beheading is, is not very, it's not an easy thing, especially if you have seen any of these videos. They actually behead people like we kill chicken. Where does this come from? Oh, it comes also from the word of Allah in the Quran. Quran 47.4. Listen to this message here. So, when you meet those who became infidels, so strike the necks until you have made a great slaughter among them. <laughs> I love it in the Arabic language here. Strike the necks. <laughs> in the top. You see the big circle in Arabic. This is actually the same words which the children use in their song in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Same. <laughs> You can say it in many different ways in Arabic, but they use the same two words. And the media went with the song. Everybody was happy because the beautiful children were singing and the music. And everybody was so happy, not realizing what they're saying in English. So we translated what they said from Arabic to English, and they immediately take it off the internet. You useful idiot Americans, that's exactly what Muslims believe. They will behead the Jews. They will behead the Christians. This is the word of Allah. Any infidel, when you meet those who became infidels, not hug them and give them a kiss on the cheek. No, chop off your head, their heads. Until what? Until you have made a great slaughter. That is the language of Islam. That is the reality of Islam. I do not know when the American people wake up and read the Quran. Once again, once again, I thank God for the uh, enlightenment the Lord has given me. And uh, literally, I, 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 the one project which I did and I never regret is translating the Quran to an accurate English translation. It took me four years, Brother Shelley. The last year I almost gave up because I was so frustrated with the level of the many words in the Quran, which I found that later in the last year, that they're not Arabic. When, can you imagine you try to translate a book from Arabic to English and you see this... Uh, 279 words, and you have no idea what they mean. And then the Lord guide me and give me, Usama, talk to Father Botrus. I talk to Father Botrus and he says, Oh, Usama, have you ever thought these words are not in Arabic? I said, What do you mean? The Quran Arabic said, No, they're not Arabic. How about if you look for the Greek and the Hebrew and the Syriac and the Coptic and the Latin? I said, In the Quran? He said, Yeah. 
And then he gave me a reference. A wonderful, wonderful scholarly work has been done by somebody else where he put the foreign words of the Quran. And boy, I said, thank you, Jesus. Go back, all these pink words. Yep, here it is. It's Greek. Okay, Greek. Oh, it's Hebrew. I'm sorry. It's Hebrew. And you read in the bottom line of my book, Hebrew, Greek, Syriac, whatever the language is, it is the best beautiful project I have ever done. And I will die proud of myself of doing it. Why? Because now there is no excuse in America for not reading the Quran accurately. Even though some wacko uh, chaplain in prison will not allow the inmate to have it. And by the way, we're not, we're not letting this go. Right now we're in contact with some lawyers to sue that dude to stop him from, because trust me, if they were able to stop me from giving Quran to our inmate in one prison, it will be all over America. We will never be able to give the Quran to the inmate all over this country. And we're not going to allow this. So it's time for us Christians in America and all the conservative of America to read the Quran. I'm not advertising for my book. You can download it as an e-book. You can get it as a paper. I mean, we have to know it. We have to know it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You want to be destroyed? You want the American people to have the revival in America someday and they behead your children and your grandchildren? Stay where you're at. You don't have to read my translation of the Quran. You don't have to read any Quran. Or it's time for us to educate ourselves. You go to thestraightway.org, thestraightway.org, and download this or Amazon and download the book and read it. And not only for you to read it, I want you to help me to speak it out. So if you get a copy of the book in your hand and you see a verse, it's like, whoa, I can't believe that's what Allah said. Investigated by other translators. You see how they go in a circle playing game to sugarcoat it. Take a picture of it with your phone, one thumb, one finger, and then send it to all your friends. Educate others. I don't have any problem to speak in this country in small meetings, even if there's five people there, because I know five people with Facebook and with all these uh, things online, I can be speaking to a thousand by the end of the day from five people. My time is up, and that's not the end of the story because we have more to cover. I got some real good videos, and I got some real good material to cover this Islamophobia propaganda. All right? Let's pray. And Father God, we give thanks to you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Thanks for the great free country, America. And for the freedom, which for some people, they think they just got it for, uh, for being born here. Not realizing that somebody died, that we can enjoy this freedom in America. And thank you for the freedom from our sins and the wages of our sins. is because of what you have done, Lord Jesus for us on that cross of shame and sorrow. You also died to set us free indeed. Help us, Lord Jesus, to love this country. Help us to love our freedom. Help us to love you, to lead others to know you, that they also may be set free to live right before you and to enjoy eternity in heaven with you. Help us, Lord, to pray for this country and for what's coming to this country. Pray for Mr. Trump and all those who work around him. We pray for the useful idiots, the liberals, that they may wake up and learn the truth about what they're doing to this country and how they're bringing the destruction on our land. We love you and we praise you. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.